I'm Joe Chicarone, and this is Built Not Born, episode 84. Today's guest is Des McDonald. Des McDonald is a former MMA fighter, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and entrepreneur of the clothing line, The Place of Peace. Des and I discuss his MMA fighting career, how he transitioned to become a BJJ instructor, and why he created his own clothing brand called The Place of Peace. Des and I also talk family, what he learned about becoming a parent to two young kids, and his relationship with BJJ legend JT Torres. Des is the epitome of a BJJ black belt. He is humble. He's thoughtful. He's got courage, amazing thought process. He grinds. He brings other people with him. He's a great teacher. It's a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy. If you like what you hear, please hit that follow button or share this episode with a friend. We have a bunch of awesome interviews like this one to come. Enjoy my conversation with former MMA fighter, BJJ Black Belt, and entrepreneur, Des McDonald. And remember, life is built, not born. Des McDonald, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Des, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? That's a good question. I guess I could say I am whatever people say I am. I try to be a good person, and that's kind of like my essence. I'm a bad person trying to be a good person, if that makes sense. <laughs> if that makes sense. Tell us about that. What makes you think you're a bad person trying to be a good person? Go ahead. I just try to be a good person is like my motto. And uh, the only way you can become a good person is if you know that you're a bad person. Is my is, That's how I look at life. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's incredible awareness. That is incredible uh, awareness there. I appreciate I want to get into your career in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, your teaching philosophy, your entrepreneurial business, a place of peace, which I love some of the gear you guys got. Also, too, I want to touch on your new podcast, man. You started yours off with JT Torres right off the bat, man. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy, man. He's a really nice guy, and uh, he didn't have to do that, and uh, he did it. So I definitely appreciate JT for that. JT, one of the legends in BJJ. Usually you start slow and you get a good guest, like the 20th episode, and you just come right off and go, boom, wow. I talked about that. Looking back, when you were a kid, who were some of your big influences as a child? Big, biggest influences would be my parents. I'm like a spiritual person, so God or whoever you believe in, that's what I want to be like. I want to be as good as a person that I can be through his eyes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Someone asked the 18-year-old version of Des what he wanted to be when he grew up. What would that person have said? Hmm, that's a good question. I really enjoy basketball, so I definitely wanted to be a basketball player around that time. I never knew about jujitsu, so I know if I was younger and I did jujitsu, I probably would have said a Brazilian jujitsu instructor. But I didn't find out about jujitsu until I was twenty-five. So, yeah, basketball would have been my first answer. Yeah. So let's touch on jujitsu real quick, where you and I connected. First off, talk about just. So many people that touch your lives in jujitsu and some are passing by, some you get to know deep. You and I, man, I met you, so to speak, I'll put that in quotes, like maybe two years ago. 
And then I go back and look at the pictures of all like the class pictures through the years. And we're yeah. standing like 12 feet away from each other. We, like, yeah, we, ne- we never like introduced ourselves, but we were like in every class. That was pretty funny to me. So <laughs> funny. I'm looking back, I met you and I'm like, how don't I know this guy? And then I just start looking at Google balance picks and I'm just looking at we're, all like the class We're right picks. next to each other. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like no D classes, D classes. Like, That's like isn't it funny? That is pretty funny, man. It's such a small world. And, you know, it's very interesting that you said that. We're like hiding in plain sight from each other. And then I'm like, <laughs> great to meet you. And like, even though I've been in the same room with you for the last decade. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. So what was your introduction to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, when I was 25, I was going to the LA Fitness, like pretty heavy in New Jersey. And I used to walk to the gym. So on my way there, I saw this big sign that's, that said Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. One day I decided to walk in the door and it was Pat Vacanti, who's actually a black belt under Phil Miglaris and Rick Miglaris. Mm-hmm. And he welcomed me in. And since then, it was my original place of peace. Do you remember your first class? My first class, there was like a 12-year-old kid who like beat me up. So <laughs> after that, <laughs> after it was a blue belt. And after that day, I said, okay, maybe he was 14. I, I don't know. After getting beat up by a 14-year-old, I knew I had to stick with this thing and try to learn it. Yeah, there's everyone that trains jujitsu has that moment where they step on the mat. I've interviewed like uh, Cody Axfields, who uh, yeah. a multiple time IBJJF champion. Like he walks in as like a black belt, like a multi stripe black belt in Taekwondo, and he's a beast. Yep. He walks into the jujitsu mat and he has these skinny 140 pound dudes that are purple belts. Says, I'm going to crush these guys. Yep. And then he just gets tapped. Like he just gets destroyed his first class. Like <laughs> everyone has that moment where you walk in. And you're like, you're exposed. That level of ignorance that you have just gets exposed. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I didn't know this, right? Absolutely. And it's definitely a humbling experience. And that's why I fell in love with jujitsu. There's more guys than not think that they're way better fighters than they actually are. All right. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like I said, I was going to LA Fitness. pretty much every day, three times a day. I was pretty, I was in good shape. So I thought I knew, okay, I knew how to hold my own. So mm-hmm. when I realized that, that I didn't know anything, I uh, kind of opened my eyes to life and jujitsu. Yeah. And it kind of go hand in hand. Like I, I walked into a jujitsu mat for the first time. I had easy, a decade of stand up experience, like breaking boards, throwing elbows, doing katas with karate and kempo. It's a great art, but like you go on the jujitsu mat and you just get like, whoa, there's something different going on here. Right? Absolutely, man. They're using your leverage against you. And it's like, it's not really like them beating you up. It's just using your own force against you, which is, uh, it's kind of like the meaning of jujitsu. It's like remove your ego and like find out who you are so you can, you know, learn how to train correctly. That was my takeaway of it when I, when I first started. You start training. Is this something where you jump into five days a week? You take it slow. What's like the first couple months of your jujitsu journey look like? First couple months, I would say it was one class per day. So I would go six days a week. Wow. So you jumped right in. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But it was fun to me because like I was definitely, I thought I was in shape, but Cardio-wise, jujitsu cardio-wise, I was totally out of shape. Mm-hmm. So it just made me want to get better and better. So I didn't want to have that feeling anymore. So I just kept showing up as many times as I could. Yeah. But, and then the Huron Gracie was a guest on the show a couple of months back. And uh-huh. people say, oh, well, I'm going to join jujitsu right after I get in shape. I'm going to go run for a couple of <laughs> weeks. Or I'm going to yeah. jump rope. Or I'm going to go swim. He's like, no, no. You get in shape for jujitsu by? 
doing jujitsu. Doing jujitsu. There's nothing. <laughs> you got to jump in the class, man. That's the only way you're going to get in shape for jujitsu, right? Exactly. Same thing goes for wrestling as well. Yeah. You think you're, yeah, you think you're in good shape because you do jujitsu, but you need to do some wrestling too, and you need to, you need to do wrestling in order to get that wrestling shape as well. So I, yeah, I understand that part. So what point in your jujitsu journey, you're going like six times a week to start, you're in South Jersey with uh, Pat Vicante. What point mm-hmm. do you decide, not only do I want to train, I want to teach? How's that progression unfold? Oh, it's a good question. Pat is a very great instructor. So maybe about after a year or two, he would have you help out the new members that walked in. He made you teach as like a four-strike white belt or a blue belt. And you would teach the beginners like one basic move. And ever since he did that, it made me fall in love with the process because you you don't want to tell the new guy any wrong information. So Pat will look over your shoulder and make sure you're teaching it correctly. So that's when I really knew I wanted to teach. I also knew I wanted to teach after I did my first MMA fight. I ended up hopping on. And then from there, I was hooked. Let's talk about your MMA career. Did you start with jujitsu tournaments first or did you jump right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I started jujitsu tournaments first. It was definitely something brand new. I, my cardio was terrible at the time. So every time I did a tournament, I would get better and better. I would notice it. And then I was like, man, I can do a lot better than this. So that's when I started doing MMA fight training, just to do the training. And then in my opinion, I thought I was the best person like in the class for it, like doing the training. I was always doing everything correct. I felt like, you know what, why don't I just hop in the MMA thing and try it? Can you remember? your very first MMA fight? It was 2015, maybe. I fought at 155. I went all three rounds. Definitely could have had my cardio up a little more. It was a great experience. I definitely remember throwing up. After I got backstage, it was terrible. I never felt that kind of like adrenaline rush. I was fine in the fight. I was fine every all three rounds. I was good. But once you hit backstage, it's like everything calms down. And then you're like, wait a minute. That was pretty intense. So yeah. Pat Vacanti had the bucket for me. My other partner, Wayne, he pulled up the towel. I put it behind my neck. He was like, go ahead, man. I understand. I, I just threw up. Man. It was terrible. It was fun. But at the same time, it was terrible just throwing that up. You're saying the adrenaline dump hit you afterwards After than before. So, yeah, yeah. So my first fight, I was good walking out. I felt good. Even during the fight, I was fine. After the fight, it's like you walk backstage. It was a tough fight. So it was like... It was back and forth. He would put me in something. I would escape. I would put him in something. He would escape. So you're going 100 miles per hour. And then like once like your first fight's done, you're like, man, what a relief. And the second I walked backstage, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and just threw up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then how do you know when your next fight is? Is that something you uh, plan right away? Or is that something you let to that people come to you when you're that like working your way up? Do you have to proactively look for fights? Yeah, there was a promoter. He asked if I wanted to take another fight. I was like, yep. Because like I said, I didn't want to be out of shape and throw up like that again. So I was like, yep, the only way to get better is to get thrown in. And from there, I think it was like three months or six months later, mm-hmm. he said we have another fight lined up. So this way uh, I was more prepared in my training. Because I never cut weight before like that. That was like my first time cutting weight. Also, like I never put my body into something like that hard. So now it it made it easier for the second fight. And so the promoter just asked if I wanted to take another one. I was like, yeah. And then he just, I stayed in touch with him. And he just kept asking me after every fight if I wanted to do another one. I was like, yeah. So I see you got about six fights on your MMA career. Correct. 
right. point do you know that you want that next fight or what point do you pivot and you say, you know what, I, I might want to take my career in a different direction, maybe teaching, entrepreneurial. How do you decide to keep that going? Because that's such a grind. Each one, you're literally, your well-being's on the line every time you step into that ring. Like, how do you know as a family person and you're married, you have kids, how do you know you want to keep rolling in that professional world, like the gladiator world, or you want uh, to take like a branch of that off and maybe teach, open up an academy or something like that? During the uh, my training, I still was teaching. For the last fight, I knew that this was that was probably going to be my last one, just because I have kids and I'm married, and it's like real tough to stick to that MMA grind schedule and like losing weight and stuff like that. So I knew that the last one I did was going to be the last one. I had no weight on my shoulder, and I, I believe that's why I won the fight because I wasn't. You know, my mind already was made up. Mm-hmm. that I was going to fight. And then after this, it was all over. And then I, I w- ended up winning via triangle. Yep. And it was like, it was a good relief. Yeah. All right. I know that I could do this, but it's time to hang up the gloves and stuff. Almost like nothing left to prove to yourself, huh? Exactly. Yeah. I proved it all to myself. I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody else. You remember the, that moment where you were totally at peace with that decision? Was that before or after the fight? I would say before, during, and after the fight, I was at peace, excuse me. But after the fight, me and my opponent actually had the same birthday, which was pretty wild. So I went backstage. I was like, hey, did you know we had the same birthdays? Oh, man, not really. I had no bad blood against the kid. We ended up being friends afterwards. But after that, I don't know. I just knew that it was over and that it was a good time. I know my wife was happy that I stopped doing it. Yeah. And my kids, too, you know, because when you when you cut weight and stuff like that and you focus on a fight everybody feels it even your family you're like "Eh, this doesn't feel right that's yeah yeah, go ahead how how old were your kids at that time like when when, when, Uh, during your career two two years old and one years old so that's hard yeah 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 so yeah so you already know during that time i was cutting weight and carrying kids and, and taking care of crying babies and stuff like that so it definitely wasn't easy so when that last fight was over i knew like the relief was more so I get to focus more on my, my kids. And that's what I'm doing all, all this for is my family and myself. And uh, that's when you kind of like get the biggest release is when I can now play with them more and have fun with them. And and props to your wife for holding the fort down while you're fighting. And two, oh. uh, she, she learned jujitsu about as fast as anyone I can remember. Oh, yeah. She's uh, no joke, man. And without her, I couldn't have done that fight or uh, even teach, you know. So, yeah. I'm not sure if I was in her first class, but at least in her first week of classes, I was there and uh, yes. you know, showing her just some basic moves. And mm-hmm. then like a few months later, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's ready to armbar me. <laughs> like, she went so fast, so quick. She got so good so fast. Yeah, she's smart. She's focused and um, flexible. Oh my God, that yoga, crazy uh, yoga. Definitely, definitely it's- flexible. Uh, she's been beating me up ever since I've met her, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, much props to Brianna, man. She is she's no joke, man. She's impressive. Big, big time. Let's take it from here. You walked out of the MMA ring. You walked out, right? You want to focus on yes. family, career. So what's your mm-hmm. career pivot from there? You're an MMA fighter. You step back. Which way did you take your professional career from there? I was working in finance before I started teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Sitting at a desk is not really for me. It's not challenging enough for me. So I knew that I wanted to be a full-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor. So that's when I started teaching that balance. And Phil and Rick gave me the opportunity to teach the classes. Pat gave me an opportunity to teach some classes. 
And uh, that's kind of like where I got my foot in the door as far as teaching jujitsu and MMA. How much teaching are you doing now? What's your week look like? I teach every day. I do privates. To me, I, I don't like to teach without learning. So I'm like a student 100% of the time first, and then mm-hmm. I become a teacher. So, yeah. Like, like jujitsu is moving so fast. It's The evolution is unbelievable. Like you take a couple years off, like it's almost their arts unrecognizable. Don't you think how fast it moves? Oh, correct. How do you stay on top of making sure you're at the top of your game to teach and to not just stay with the fundamentals, but to bring like the newest stuff to your students? How do you stay on top of everything? Like I said, man, I'm a student first before I'm a teacher. And uh, if I'm not a good listener, then I can't really teach well. I'm always like looking at new videos or instructional videos, asking different professors what they do, how they move. I train all the time get beat up all the time or I'm beating somebody else up all the time. So it's like you constantly have to stay in it to grow and take the good and the bad. So it's like balance. You need, you need to get beat up sometimes. You need to be, you need to beat up sometimes. So it's a give and take. Some of the best jujitsu teachers I know and practitioners are the humblest. And I would put you in that group. Like you, and like your ego, like the ego is so down. Like you're just there to learn from everyone. Like you've mentioned it a bunch of times. You're open-minded. You just want to learn. You you get Correct. yourself beat up and you definitely beat way more people up than people beat you up. Man. Like <laughs> I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, so like, I mean, your humility and the lack of ego. Do you think that is taught? Do you think that is innate or a combination of both? Like where does that humility and lack of ego come from? Is that like purposeful or is that just like in your DNA? What do you think? I appreciate the question. It kind of goes back to what I was trying to say earlier. I don't know if it came out correctly, but when I said remove the bad person, what I'm saying is remove the ego every day. That's kind of like what I was trying to say as far as being a good person and bad person. I I like Mm -hmm. to know that I have an ego and try to check myself every day. I learned that from my father and he taught me some great lessons about life. So knowing who I am, knowing who I am and that I can be a better person is like why I listen to people and try to get like information and not have an ego and try to be humble. It's something that I work on every day. That's phenomenal. You bring that mindset into the world. Like that even goes back like 2000 years. Roman philosopher Seneca, who was like Mm -hmm. advisor to Nero, he basically says that in some, I'm going to bastardize this quote, but like in some way, everyone is your master, meaning that everyone does something better. Everyone, like no matter who the person checking you out at Wawa when you buy your coffee, yep, or to the PhD at Penn, everyone does something better than you do. And your job is not to have errors. Like I'm better than you or I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm taller, I'm richer. It's just, what can I learn from this person? That's like kind of what I'm hearing from you. Like what can this person teach me? And how much faster, I guess one, how much easier is life if you take it that way? And two, how much faster do you learn if you bring that mindset into the world? I think you learn very fast. My whole thing that I go by is that I know absolutely nothing about life. And I know I know nothing. So in order for me to, to learn something, I would have to listen. And if I'm not a good listener, that means I know everything. And if I knew everything, that's a big problem because it's <laughs> a huge. I definitely don't know anything. So if somebody else has information that I can use or that's beneficial to help other people, then that's what I'm kind of like living for. An attitude like that, there's no surprise that you're such a, one, the, you had the career you had, but two, that you're respected so much as a teacher as you are, because uh, 
that, that, that attitude. I think the more people don't have it than do, and the ones that do have it, they're the ones you want to learn under. So much respect there, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. If we move on, I've been following your Instagram account for a while, The Place of Peace, and I love some of the stuff you're posting. T- tell us about that. I started in 2018. It was hard for me to get sponsors when I was fighting MMA. So that's kind of like the reason why I started it, uh, kind of like to sponsor myself. And then people said that they, they like my gear. And so I was like, why not take it a little further and try to sell throughout the world? And uh, it's been going pretty well. Um, definitely after the podcast with JT Torres helped it grow a little more. And then each time I have interviews with other people too, and it, it kind of helps the business grow. So yeah, it's definitely growing. Start in 2018 and hopefully it grows a little more. Are you familiar with the marketing author, our business guru, Seth Godin? Yes. He has like 20 best-selling books on marketing and business. And the one thing he's really big on is you pick yourself. And you mm-hmm. basically did that. Like, don't wait for a sponsor to pick you, right? In your Correct. instance, you can't find the ideal sponsor. You choose yourself and you come up with your own gear, your own product line, and you start selling. You become your own sponsor. And that is just so cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely tough finding sponsorships when you're fighting because they don't, no one really wants to give you anything if you don't have a million followers or a couple of thousand followers. So I think at the time I had a thousand followers and it was tough to get sponsorships. But when I started doing things on my own, I found it a lot easier because people knew who I was. And I think the reason why my business is growing is because I care for the people who buy my stuff. So I yep. kind of have conversations with them. Even on the back end, they can text me or direct message me and I'll answer any questions. I'll give out free stuff sometimes. And I think that's why people like me because I'm personable and I actually, I like talking to the people who buy my stuff. Yeah, dude, you're engaged. You're engaged and you care. I mean, that, that, that goes a long, dude, that goes a long way. When you, someone's <laughs> actually engaged and they care and they actually show it. It's such, I mean, so much of the business is impersonal now. It's like- 100%. It's a bot. You buy something off Amazon and you have a problem and it's a bot answers and it doesn't make sense on the answer and you're like, heck with it. So where'd you come up with the name, The Place of Peace? Tell us about that. I always used to say in my head that Fakanti Jiu-Jitsu, it was my place of peace. He's a team balance affiliate. He got his black belt under Phil and Rick Makeries. And he's the first person that showed me yoga. He's the first person that showed me Jiu-Jitsu. He showed me a hard work ethic that I'd never seen before. And I would be training with him like pretty much every day, like working the hardest that I've ever worked before. And after every class, I just wanted to sit on the mat and just stay there and like lay on the ground and just, I don't know. I, it was like my meditation moment. And yeah. It was my place of peace on that mat. That's where it started. And then I just came up with the name and the the brand and went from there. Yeah, really cool. You touched base on yoga. That's another thing you and I walk down the same path with. Right now, mm-hmm. like I try to train three, four times a week in jiu-jitsu, right? We train in the morning. We have this thing we call Sunrise BJJ. I train at a Balance Affiliate at Araxis up here in Ambler. And like three times a week, we're there at 6 a.m. And then another night, we're, one night, we're there at night. And uh, if I don't do yoga, like I hit 50. And like, mm-hmm. I still think I'm 25 in my head. But I don't do, like for every jujitsu class, sometimes when you're in college, they say for every hour of in class, you need like two hours of study to keep up with it. Like for sure. every hour of jujitsu, if I don't do an hour of yoga, at some point I get hurt <laughs> or tweaked, right? Like oh, I for need- sure. So where's yoga fall in for you? What benefit do you derive from it? And how the two work together for you? Yoga definitely helps. My first instructor was Pat and his wife. They taught me like a little bit of yoga. But when I came to Fishtown Balance, Boreana actually 
She put me on to hot yoga and hot yoga is definitely very beneficial for your body. And she tells me all the time, especially when I don't go to classes, she's like, oh yeah, you're hurting because you didn't do yoga. You know, so <laughs> I, I know for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact that stretching and meditation are very important for jujitsu. Even in David Goggins' book, he talks about how his muscles tightened up and yep. he never felt that bad in his life. And when he started stretching, that's when the, yeah. the symptoms went away. I'm definitely going to go back to hot yoga. Yeah. I, I really just started it maybe like five years ago, six years ago. And at the beginning mm-hmm. of my yoga journey, I was training with Boreana. Like she was on the mat with me and like I would see her in class. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get flexible. And then she would do some <laughs> yoga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm quitting. I am quitting. Yeah, she's something else, man. I'm she not doing yoga, yoga anymore because it, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't do that. Like, well, my body that's does hilarious. not do that. Like, it's it's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. insane. But in that hot me. yoga too is nuts, isn't it? I mean, that, oh, that yeah. just adds an element. I don't know if it's in my head or it's physical or it's mental and physical. When it's hot in there, it just brings it to another level, doesn't it? Uh, oh, it does, man. It's not easy. You got to focus on your breathing. You got to focus on the heat. You got to yep. focus on stretching correctly. That's why it's so difficult, and that's why it's so beneficial, in my opinion. Yeah, that's great stuff. So looking out to the year ahead, what's the most exciting thing you're working on now? I'm working with the Meow Brothers, which is pretty awesome. They've been helping me out, putting my brand out there to not only their followers, but pretty much to anybody who watches jujitsu. They repost some of my gear, which is awesome. I appreciate them for that. Oh, JT Torres doing some stuff with me. Also, Shane Jamil Taylor from Lloyd Irvin. Yeah. He's been helping me out as well. I have a lot of people who do jujitsu who've been helping me out. How'd you run into JT Torres? How do you know him? I actually saw him at ADCC. Super nice guy. I had a table set up at ADCC. It was the place of peace and we had some merchandise. I ended up seeing him down there. I was walking outside. And he was coming up. He was like, hey, what's going on, man? And like shook my hand and stuff like that. So from there, it was just cool. He's one of the people who got me through COVID. Yeah, he put this online instructional on getting shape for BJJ. It was like a BJJ-focused exercise program on the Fit app. And I bought it maybe two years ago. And I was down on the mat and I was doing his workouts for a while down downstairs. And they, they were really good, man. I really like yeah, he's person. He's the man. He is the man. No question. <laughs> Transitioning over to a part of the interview we call Share Your Secrets so our listeners can get to know you a bit more as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, about looking back, what's the biggest challenge you ever faced? Biggest challenge? Mm. That's a good question. Back in college, uh, I was in a fraternity, so it was like a, you get used to like a party mentality. So transitioning from getting out of school and working out nonstop was, I guess, would be my biggest challenge. And just like changing my mindset and trying to be a better person rather than stuck in the youthful mindset of having fun and stuff like that. Where'd you go to school? Uh, The college of New Jersey. Awesome. Daz, when you need to clear your mind and recharge your body, what do you do? I try try to get some rest, but that doesn't work when you have a a two-year-old and a one-year-old. So... No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. So when I get like a minute to meditate, that's that's my best time. So in the shower or uh, on the edge of the bed or yep. on the couch downstairs, I'll, that's all the time I need. Do you have a book that influenced your life or changed your mind more than any other? Do you have a favorite book? I got a few favorite books. I would say all of Robert Greene's books. Oh, my God. How good are yeah. his books, man? It is. <laughs> 
is is, is quality stuff, man. Oh and my I'll, gosh, they should be illegal. Yeah. Some of them, <laughs> right? I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. That's funny, man. His latest one is almost like a cliff notes to all his thick books, The Daily Laws. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one, but I know what you mean. He did one with Fifty Cent, and it's crazy. Yep, I got he, that one. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just killer. His stuff's awesome. Uh, yeah, I like cool. it. How about most high achievers like yourself have a routine either to start their day or to end their day? What's the first either 60 or last 60 minutes of your day look like? What's your routine look like? The last 60 minutes, running around, getting my kids ready for bed. Yeah. Uh, if, if anybody wants to be successful in life, I would say have some kids or take care of somebody else's kids. Yeah. Uh, no joke, huh? You'll you realize that you mean nothing in this world and yep. they mean everything. And yep. uh, that's kind of my motivation. That's so cool, man. As like stepping on the jujitsu mat, that aha moment. Whoa, like where was yeah. this? Like <laughs> you, you have your you have your first kid, it just changes your mindset in every way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? It's, it explodes everything in your life, and it's the life I had is now over. Not saying Agreed. it's better or worse, or it's going to be better, but it's a tornado in the beginning, but it's like, it's going to be different from this point forward. Is that fair to say? That's uh, 100% correct. What advice would you have for someone thinking about training jujitsu for the first time? Clear your mind, forget everything that you think you know, and just enjoy the moment and uh, remove all past information that might make you anxious. Don't even believe what you think it is. I love that remove all past information because there's so many preconceived notions. Or even if you think, oh, I know this already, when your cup's already full, like you pour more tea into a full teacup, it just spills over, right? Like none of it exactly. gets taken. You have to have yep. an empty cup and just show me what I don't know, right? Yep. Wrapping up here. What type of values do you try to pass on to your kids? I try to let them be better than I ever was. I try to lead by example. Just show them, like, open up the door for people, say thank you, please. The basic stuff. Do unto others what you want done to yourself. Also, don't ask of others what you're not willing to give yourself. That is a great leadership where it says don't do something that you wouldn't ask someone else to do and do unto others as you'd like done unto you. That is just money advice. You can tell you're a great parent. You can tell you. That's fantastic. (laughs) I appreciate it. We started this conversation talking about like the dinner table when you're 10, 12 years old, mm-hmm. sitting there with your mom, your dad, your brothers. If you could go back to that dinner table when you were 10, 12 years old and talk to the people sitting around there, what would you like to tell them? I always tell them that I love them. So I, I'm always a 12-year-old kid at my family's <laughs> table. I try to see them as many times as I can. Uh, especially when I need some advice about life or if I want to give advice. I'm always a 12-year-old kid, so that's kind of like how I view life. Wrapping up here, Des, here's a fun one. If you could have everyone listening take just one lesson away from everything we discussed over the last hour, what would that lesson be? Go into life without knowing. Don't go into the jujitsu school thinking that you know something. Allow yourself to be ignorant. Know your ignorance, be humble, and enjoy the ride of life. Love it. Know your ignorant, be humble, enjoy the ride of life. Awesome. Here's two fun ones to wrap everything up. Des, if you could spend the day with anyone, historical figure, jujitsu instructor, anybody, alive or dead, who would you spend the day with? (laughs) That's a good question, man. 
My answer would be, it would be either Jesus Christ or Buddha. Damn. Imagine that. How cool would that be? That would be awesome. That would be the best day ever for me. Man, no kidding. That'd be cool. Now, thanks for sharing that. Last question. Des McDonald, if you had to get a quote or a saying tattooed on your body, what would that quote or motto say? We are what we repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence is not an act, it's a habit. Man, is that Aristotle? Yes, sir. Dang. Let's drop the mic on that one. That's perfect. <laughs> that is so good. Des McDonald, first off, I'd like to thank you for joining us. So great. Sorry it took me 10 years to really talk to you for an hour, man. That's about that. Uh, that's me, dude. No worries, man. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I definitely learned a lot from you in this conversation. So I appreciate you. Guys, if people are looking for you and what you do online, your podcast, your website, The Place of Peace, where can we find you online? You can go to placeofpeacebjj.com or you can find me on Instagram at P-L-A-C-E zero F as in Frank, uh, peace, P-E-A-C-E underscore. And that's on Instagram. And yep, that's it. The Place of Peace podcast is on YouTube. That's definitely growing little by little, but now we're going more into jujitsu and and we're going to talk about philosophy too on YouTube. That's perfect, dude. I definitely follow that. I appreciate that. I love what you're doing there. I learned something each time I watch that. So I appreciate you. Daz, I wish you nothing but success in the new year. I hope this Same to you. sometime soon and I appreciate oh, we you. Will. Same here, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, man. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Joe. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you could, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening app. Or better yet, share the episode with a friend. That really goes a long way of helping the podcast grow and connecting it with a bigger audience. Thanks so much. Talk soon.